in that spirit of worship, uh, let's just take a moment to pray. Father, we thank you for uh, talented musicians that can lead us in, in praise and worship, can honor you with our song and our voices, and will bring us up uh, to a place of honor for you, Lord. And so as we begin this message, Father, I just thank you for them. I thank you for the privilege of being in a church gathered with others that believe as I do and come to uh, honor you with their lives and uh, with their time. Uh, so, Father, as we open up this message, I just pray that you will be with me and uh, you will be with us as we listen to what you have to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. I'm uh, excited about being here, believe it or not. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to, to speak to you, my family, my church family, and talk about this um, very important topic of prayer. It's a big topic. It's bigger than we're going to speak to in uh, 30 or 40 minutes here, but again, it's uh, important, and I want to get across, I'm hoping to get across to you just how important that is and how much of our it should be excuse me, a part of our daily lives. So um, I've heard it said that um, I'm too busy to take the time to pray. And I think before the end of this day, I want to tell you, you're, gonna, you're too busy not to pray. We need to take that time. That's our opportunity and uh, the only time we have to spend with God. That's how he gets to know us. That's how we get to know him. And so uh, we're going to talk about that as soon as I figure out how to do this. There must be a switch. This would have been good to work out ahead of time. Okay, somebody's got to help me here. Sorry about that. I got it. Okay. Our mission. PD last week talked about our mission. Um, if you remember that, he walked through uh, the PODCAR acronym. And uh, he mentioned last week that uh, the D in this, in this uh, acronym stands for... Every Sunday between services, somewhere around 10.15 to uh, almost 11 o'clock, and then again uh, Tuesdays at 6 o'clock. And I want to tell you that uh, these people are prayer warriors. There are some of these ladies and men that can really pray. And I thought when I first joined that group that I would be intimidated by that. Because when you are around somebody that really has a connection with God and really knows how to pray, 
you feel like, oh, I, I can't do that. But quite the opposite is true. When you're around people like that, you feed off of it. It builds up your faith. It builds up your willingness, <coughs> excuse me, your uh, interest. It, uh, it makes you want to pray more. And I get excited when I'm around them. Every Tuesday when we go, uh, sometimes I don't feel like going. We go at 6 o'clock, and I just, I just don't feel like getting up and leaving and going over to that group. But when I leave that place, I feel so excited. And uh, again, I just want to encourage you, if you have the time available between services or, sun, or Tuesdays at 6 o'clock, we pray. And so after this um, message, I'm hoping that I'll motivate some of you to join us. Um, that said, I told you Tuesdays at 6, and for the next few weeks, we're meeting on Wednesday just because of some scheduling things. But So between services or Wednesday. All right, this, uh, I still don't have this, guys. Okay, here's my big idea. <laughs> just do it. That's what prayer's all about, right? Uh, I want to, if I leave you with nothing else today after this message, I want you to remember that it's more important to just do it, just to pray, than it is to think about how and why and all the other reasons. God just wants to meet with you. He just wants to talk. And so um, I'm going to encourage you. We're going to come back to that by the end, but prayer, just do it. Go ahead. Uh, prayer facts. There are... These are fun facts. I just like this kind of stuff. There are 650 prayers listed in the Bible. There were approximately 450 recorded answers to prayer in the Bible. That's one I didn't know. 450 answers. If you think God doesn't respond, he answers prayer. The very first prayer is mentioned in the Bible in Genesis 4.26. And then the Bible records Jesus praying 25 times in his earthly ministry. And I know for a fact, you know, without being there, that he prayed way more than that. He prayed daily and continuously. And then finally, Paul mentions uh, prayer in the Bible 41 times in his letters and his uh, talk. And I'm telling you, that is an exciting um, thing to think about. It's important if it's mentioned that many times. Did we lose that? Sorry, guys. Why pray? <laughs> there we go. Um, pray for those who persecute you. Matthew says, pray for those who persecute you. And when you pray, Jesus said, and this is how you should pray. These are all things, expectations of us praying. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. <laughs> um, faithful, that word is going to come up many times during this talk on prayer. God wants us to be faithful, faithful in prayer. That means we're doing it a lot. We're consistent. And, um, you know, Daniel, in, in the, his book, we hear that he has prayed three times a day. He gets on his knees three times a day and look, you know, uh, and then uh, in, um, in the Psalms, David tells us seven times a day he prayed. And I don't think the number's important, but what's important is that they prayed and they prayed consistently and faithfully. 
And Ephesians tells us, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And I want to emphasize on this, all occasions. There's no time, no reason not to pray. All kinds of prayers and requests. Don't hold back anything from God. If you have a question, if you have a, uh, something on your heart, something on your mind, pray. Oh, too far now. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. I'm going to come back to that scripture later, but the things that I want to highlight in this right now, in everything, in everything, and then thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is going to be another one of those, like faithful, that you're going to want to do in your prayer time. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. If I haven't mentioned it enough, being thankful, and then devote. Devoting yourselves to prayer. That's not a brief moment. That's not a get up and pray quickly and go on with your life. Devoting yourself to prayer. The next uh, line uh, in Thessalonians says, pray continually. We should be doing something continually. That constant communication with God. And then finally, I urge you then, uh, first of all, that request prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, Paul tells Timothy. And that is... Um, Again, you see the word thanksgiving there, and everyone. There's nothing that we shouldn't be praying about. So you start to get the idea? God's word calls us to pray. Prayer is an act of obedience. Therefore, prayer is an act of obedience. Therefore, God expects us to pray. It's not a, an option. In... Uh, E.M. Bounds' book on prayer. If you've never read that book, it's a big book on prayer. He literally wrote the book on prayer. And uh, he says, prayer is the language of a person with a burden with a sense of need. And he goes on to say, not to pray is to declare that there is nothing needed and to admit that there is no realization of a, prayer, uh, of a need. This is what magnifies the sin of prayerlessness represents an attempt at instituting an independence of God, a self-sufficient ruling of God out of life. It's a declaration made to God that we do not need him and hence do not pray. You see, we weren't meant to live our lives on our own. We we're meant to be in tune with God. He looks forward to seeing us and hearing from us. He looks forward to guiding us and sharing with us what we need to do and the declaration by not praying is, I don't need you. We've all, probably everybody in this place, has made a decision for Christ in their life somewhere along the lines where you admitted that you needed God. You can't do it alone. You needed Jesus Christ for your salvation. But then we draw the line there, and then we live our lives the way we want to. Yeah, we go to church. And we pray, you know, before meals and things, but we don't give him the big stuff. We don't wait on him for everything in our lives. I, I live my life that way, I know. We want to be independent. But we're talking about being dependent on God through prayer. That's the expectation and that's the desire. You know, Jesus prayed 
all the time. We talked about it. There were 25 times noted in the Gospels where he prayed. And this uh, verse in Mark says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The Christian life is that of a disciple. Uh, last week, PD defined a disciple as a disciple, as a student and follower of Jesus. You see, if Jesus prayed, and he is the son of God, and he felt he needed that communication and that connection with the Father, how much more should we feel the same way? As students, as followers of Jesus, and Jesus praying all the time, it's only natural that we should expect to do the same. We don't want to pray the, world the way the world prays. As Christians, we've set ourselves apart. As disciples, as followers of Christ, we need to be different. We need to be proactive. We need to be praying every day. I know the world, the world prays when there's a problem, when um, a death in the family, uh, a sickness, um, an untimely uh, accident, something that happens, people react the world reacts and they pray. We do the same, and that's not wrong to react and pray. But if it's the only time you're praying, that's wrong. We need to pray. We need to live a lifestyle. About a year ago, a little over a year ago, we had a, a big tragedy here in Oxford where um, there was a school shooting. And suddenly, the whole community came together to pray. That's what happens. They react. And I don't think it's wrong, again, to get together and pray. But we need to be praying all the time. We don't want to react. We don't want to overreact. It's not what God intended. Our life needs to be filled with prayer, ongoing, continuous. And we should, we should be different than the world. Um, this week, in a uh, tragedy on the football field, Many of you might have been watching that game where this happened, and uh, DeMar Hamlin got hit and went down. And you see the scene of men on their knees praying. You know why? Not because they're all Christians and they all believe in God, but when a crisis hits, the world reacts. Suddenly, prayer was important. There must be something else. There must be a God. We need to use those kind of opportunities to share our faith. Yeah, pray with them. Get on their knees. Millions of people saw that, watched it live and saw it happen. And then saw this on the internet. I think PD will be speaking on that in his coming weeks. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the spirit you put, uh, if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You see, we don't want to live like the world lives. We want to live different than that. You want to live according to the flesh? You want to live according to the spirit? You want to live the way the world lives? You want to live the way God wants you to live? 
you want what's best for your life in your mind or do you want what's best for your life in God's mind? Prayer shouldn't be a last resort, something to do when all else fails. That's what we do a lot of times. I don't know what else to do. I'm going to pray. Not to say you shouldn't pray at that moment, but that shouldn't be the only time we pray. It should be a number one situation, I, I mean, tool in every situation. We should be using prayer. We should go to our knees. We should pray whenever we can. Keep that con communication going with God so we know we're proactive. We're ready. We're ready to listen. We're ready to share our faith. We're ready to live for God, shine bright in this world. So let's go on. How do you pray? There's lots of ways. You can do it sitting, standing, kneeling, one's face to the ground, with hands lifted up. You see, what I'm seeing from this is there's no posture that you have to be in to pray. Don't get me wrong. There's a time to go to, the, go to your knees or lay face down. But there's times when, like, I, I, when I'm driving, I pray. I do it a lot. I, I pray when I'm uh, on the treadmill at the gym or riding my bike, lying in bed. There's no reason that you have to be in a certain posture to pray. The most important thing is to pray. God wants to hear from you. He wants to know that we're there. I grew up in a Catholic home. My mom and dad raised me Catholic, and we went to church every week. And we formally prayed. We had all kinds of formal prayers. And there was something about that that I liked. There was a reverence and an awe. When we, when we prayed, we, the sign of the cross. And there were, there were some very formal things we did. And what I liked about that was it took me to a place where I would stop everything and honor God. I don't think that's necessary anymore. Uh, as I did before. I, don't, I like the fact that I can pray with any words I want, use the things I say, and just talk with, uh, with God. Doesn't mean there's no time for formal prayers. There are. But I like, uh, I like to be able to pray on my own. It's important to talk to God, to be honest with him, to share your feelings, good and bad. I think about uh, a time in my life, probably 20, 25 years ago now, where my daughter Jen uh, came to visit. I have three daughters. <clears throat> Cheryl and I have three daughters. And uh, they were all away at school. They'd all gone. They were a couple years apart. So all of them had gone uh, away, and we were empty nesters for a little while for the first time in our life. And uh, my oldest daughter, who had actually graduated, gone away for a year in the Dominican and gone back. She was living in Ann Arbor doing her master's. So we rarely saw her rarely saw any of them. And one day out of the blue, I think it was a Saturday, she just popped in on us, spent a couple hours talking, sharing. We, I think we drank coffee and just talked. And I'll never forget that moment, how much I appreciated my daughter dropping everything she did to spend some time with me, or us. I thought it was just for me. <laughs> but uh, I love that. And I missed it. And what it did for me was made me <clears throat> realize how important our children are. And I have a mom and dad. They're still alive. And uh, 
That day, I made a vow to start visiting my mother and father, go visit them. And I started doing it every week. I started, I'd go over there on a Monday night and uh, eat dinner with them, play cards, or just talk. We just talked. They loved it. And I knew they loved it because I loved it when my daughter visited. So you can see where I'm going with this. Take it to the next step. Getting to know someone, God just wants to hear us. He just wants to talk to us. He just wants us to spend some time with him. It's important. You can do anything. You can, you can talk, you can play, you can just be there listening. I was over my mom and dad's the other night. I, I went in there and my dad, my dad was sitting alone on the couch. My mom was gone. My dad was watching a, a game show. I don't know, one of those 70s game shows. And uh, he got a big grin on his face when I walked in. And so I went over and sat next to him. He kind of, you know, so I sat there. We didn't even talk. We didn't do anything. But you know what? I knew he was happy that I was there. That's what God wants from us. We can talk or we can listen. In Psalm 46, uh, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just listen. So formal or informal, God just wants you to talk to him. I've got a little scene, a video here from a movie called Fiddler on the Roof, if you've ever seen it. And Tevia loves to talk to God. I'm just, I'll play that scene for you. But the funny thing about that is he's very real. I'm jealous of his relationship with God, that he can talk freely. He's working. I mean, he's a milkman, right? He's working, but he's talking to God. And he's not just saying all the good stuff, although that's important to do that. He's telling him his honest feelings. I'm not happy. Why did you do this? How come I'm in this position? You can question God. You can talk to him about anything. He loves to hear from you. The important thing is that there's a continuous communication. Talk to God. The Bible lists several main reasons to pray. I, there are hundreds of others, but these are some that are listed and I thought it would be important to mention. The prayer of faith in James, the prayer of agreement in Acts, the prayer of request or supplication is sometimes called in Philippians, a prayer of thanksgiving. We've mentioned that several times today. Prayer of consecration or dedication. The prayer of intercession. And then praying in the spirit. All these are reasons to pray. And I can think of dozens of others off the top of my head because anything that comes up is a reason to pray. Uh, taking it a step further, I like to have... Uh, I'm a systems guy. I like systems in my life. So praying randomly like uh, Tevia just did isn't comfortable for me. So what I like to do is I, I like to have some kind of a format that I use. It doesn't have to be the same words every week, but it has to be something that I can walk through and know that I've completed everything. And so there are a lot of things uh, listed. If, if There are little acronyms and aids for that sort of thing. And one of them is called FACTS, F-A-C-T-S, the prayer aid called FACTS, and it stands for uh, faith and adoration 
confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And it, they're in that order for a reason. I, I took this to another step, and I've added uh, scripture to it for my own self. I don't always read that scripture, but I have it written down so that I could use it when I, um, when I pray. So I start with this format. And uh, Psalm 46, for instance, says, um, God is our refuge and ever-present help in trouble. So what we do when we pray the prayer of faith, we talk about how much we trust him. We count on him. We believe in him. And then adoration, I picked Psalm 8 that says, uh, when I consider your heavens, the moon and the stars, or the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And what that does for me in adoration is makes me get a real sense of who God is, how awesome he is. When David prayed that psalm, he's looking at the heavens. He's laying on the ground, looking up in the stars and seeing the universe and realizing how vast and awesome his God is and wondering, why does he even care about me? But he does. And confession, the easiest one for me. I've got a lot of that. Psalm 19 says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. And then I confess. I have a lot of things. You want to clear the air with God. Let him know what's going on. He knows already, but just confess. And then Thanksgiving, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Thanksgiving is another easy one for me. I've been blessed. I have so much to be thankful for. And so that part of my prayer is always uh, easy. And then finally, supplication or a petition. You Psalm 86. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Now I bring my needs before you, before God, you know. And this model is kind of a, a standard. There's other prayer uh, models that look like this. Um, in Philip Yancey's small group uh, study on prayer, which we did last year, he calls it a God's eye view. He, uh, he, he's a mountain climber. He lives in Colorado. He likes to climb the mountains. And um, he does his whole video, his whole series from this uh, while he's walking and climbing. But he said one day when he was up on top of the mountain and he looked down, and he saw the people way below. They looked like ants. They were little tiny little things. And he realized at that time, that's what God sees when he looks down. Our problems are small. Our problems are easy, simple for God to take care of. When we stand and we start with our problems and we look at them, they seem overwhelming. There's too much for us. But when we start with God, with who he is and how we trust him, and how much we love him. And when we, by the time we get done confessing and thanking God, and we finally get to our needs, they don't seem so big. I love the God's eye view. Another model that uh, you can use, and this one Jesus gave us himself. It's the Lord's Prayer, and he said, pray like this. He didn't necessarily say use these words, although many people do, but it's a model. And again, it walk, walks through these steps. I'll go quickly. Uh, you start with praise and worship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Step two, pray God's will be done. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for your needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Confess your sin and ask forgiveness and forgive us our debts. For, and ask for help forgiving others as we have also forgiven our debtors. And finally, pray for safety, protection, and deliverance. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's God's, that's Jesus' model for us. That's one way to pray as well. If that's not enough, there are literally 650 prayers in the Bible. I'm not going to go through those, but there's a few that I really like. And I wanted to bring up uh, David, David's prayer in Psalm 86. Uh, I'm not a poet or a songwriter, and David was both. And if you uh, read Psalm 86, you will find one of the most beautiful prayers in the entire Bible. Uh, Psalm 51, David wrote after, uh, it's a psalm of repentance. It's a prayer of repentance. And it's after his sin with Bathsheba. A couple of the other favorites are uh, when Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah and he negotiated with God over how many, how many uh, people had to be righteous in order be, uh, to stop him from destroying the country. And we can negotiate. I've done that as well. And then finally pray for intercession. Uh, that's a prayer um, from Moses when he was ready to, uh, when God had said, I'm going to destroy these people. They're just not worth it. There are benefits of prayer as well, and uh, I'll read some of those. In Psalm 145, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So prayer brings you closer to God. In Philippians, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer brings you peace. But I say to you in Matthew, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love makes you our prayer makes you love the unlovable. Prayer helps us focus on others instead of ourselves. In James 7 it says, submit yourselves to, then to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Prayer helps you put off temptation. 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'll tell you what, prayer builds character. It can make you wiser, can make you thankful, can build your faith, can make you stronger, changes your attitude, inspires hope, and brings forgiveness. There are a lot of benefits for prayer. These I wrote down just off the top of my head one day, and I thought there are a lot of reasons to pray and a lot of good things. I chose this scripture. If I was going to walk away with one scripture from anything, it's do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever experienced the calm in a storm because you prayed and you're trusting God? You know that he's in control. He's still on the throne. Everything around you is chaos. The people around you are wondering, why are you so calm? 
And you could quote that scripture. And you could say, I trust God. I know he's still there for me. I know I'm long-winded, but here's wrapping it up. In summary, keep it simple. Prayer doesn't have to be complicated. Think of it as a lifestyle. Make it part of your everyday life. Pray from your heart and pray with confidence, knowing that God's listening. Begin with praise and then state your needs to God's eye view. Don't be afraid to do that. Ask for forgiveness. Be thankful always. And then finally, expect a response. I told you earlier, the Bible lists 450 answers to prayer. There are lots of those examples in the Bible if you want to look for them. But I'm here to tell you that God answers prayers. Don't be afraid to pray. He does answer prayer. Back to my big idea. Just do it. It's more important to pray in anything, any way you want, formally, informally, while you're walking, while you're driving, while you're laying in bed, than it is to not pray. Keep that connection with God. He longs to be with you. He longs to see you and to know you. I'm going to end this message with a video clip from a movie uh, called The War Room. I don't know how many of you have seen it. If you haven't, I recommend getting it, especially if you're interested in prayer. But in this scene, there's a woman named Clara. She's a prayer warrior, unlike any other. And uh, she's been praying for a, a woman and her husband uh, for their marriage. And um, the end of the story, the marriage is saved and uh, they turn to God. It's a great story. It's a great prayer. But this prayer that she's praying is after all that. And she's thanking God for that prayer, for that answered prayer. And she's looking for the next. When I say that, she said, who else can you bring me? And it's a reminder that we're never done praying. There's always somebody else. There, you look around your neighborhood, there are people that need to be saved. You look around your family, your school. There's always something. There's always a need. And that's our job. We're Christians. We're disciples of Jesus. Our job is to pray. I'm going to uh, share this uh, video with you, and after that, we'll, we'll close in prayer. I think. It's the most important thing we can do as Christians. I'm going to bow right now and say prayer. I'm going to ask you all to bow with me. And I'm going to ask you to just ask God what it is that you heard today that might change your prayer life, what might inspire you to continue to pray and recognize the need. I'll give you a moment of silent prayer, and then I'll close.
Well, Father, as we, as we close in prayer, I, I pray that you would just touch hearts today, Lord, that you have uh, made people recognize the needs, the importance of prayer. And Father, that uh, you're sitting there listening, waiting on us. Father, I pray for built uh, new relationships, stronger relationships, for your love to just spread across this congregation, Lord, and across our communities because of it, that you would meet the needs of so many, Lord, and that our prayer lives would have a huge impact on, on the way we live. Father, lift up this congregation. I lift up this community in Jesus' name. Amen. Dependent on God through prayer. Walk away with just one thing. Just do it. Okay? You're dismissed. <laughs>